Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, History Creeps. Ooh. That's right. It's happened. It's happening again. I'm one of your hosts. I am Johnny Townsend. With me is Christopher Chavez. Back from the dead. Oh, very, very spooky. And also uh, Carter Johnson. Back from a nap. Ooh, <laughs> just as spooky. That's right, young people. When you get older, naps are essential. Oh, yes, yeah. they are. Very much so. How's it going, fellas? Yeah. Pretty good after that Ghostbusters trailer. I'm psyched, man. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm psyched, man. I'm I've literally have had dreams about this since I'm ten years old. I'm not even kidding you. Actual dreams about going to see Ghostbusters three. So now you can do it. I used it. to have dreams about Tremors three also, and that one came true. So now you can do it and you can bring your daughter. Dude, that's that's where I'm at. Like, do I bring my daughter? Do I bring my dad? Where do I? Well, you where do, do I start? You bring your you know, dad, do I bring right? the whole family? When's like, it come, when's it come whole, out next year? Thing, I think. <laughs> Does it come out next year? Uh, yeah, summer 2020. Yes. Okay, so and you, your daughter will be what two by then? Uh, depending on when it two comes or out, three. she may be three. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe just your dad. I guess it depends on how you know. It depends on what time you go too, because if you take a three year old. Yeah. To like a nighttime showing, you're gonna have a lot of people mad at you. Well, and what do you guys think? I feel like this could be a good shot for a PG-13 Ghostbusters. You know, really, mm. really push it some. And, Why not and just make go it, like, straight scary. up R? Like not like the first one wasn't scary, but I assume the first two were PG-13, but that might have been before they did PG-13. Uh, they're both PG. Um, the second one came out when they were doing PG-13, but they didn't deem it scary enough, even though. Peter McNichol taking the kid off the ledge scarred me for life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That scarred me for life, bro. Um, <laughs> Did I see what happened to that toaster? Dude, I want the toaster. Out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, super psyched for that. And uh, actually, I played it for Leia the other day, and she actually paid attention to it. So Nice. Oh, raising her right. Raising her right. Right. right? Yeah. How about you, Johnny? How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I like that trailer as well. I enjoyed it quite a bit, though. I'm, I've already said this. I'm just sad because I know Egon won't be involved. He was my favorite Ghostbuster. Uh, my but, favorite yeah. as well. So that's sad, but still pretty awesome because I, obviously I love the uh, Ghostbusters. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm almost a birthday boy. Next week I get older. Oh, so it's either good or bad. Yeah, oh yeah, good or bad. Don't know. Don't know yet. I feel old now, so. Getting older just kind of doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After some point, you just go. And I remember when I was young, I think my mom was, I was like, how old are you now? She's like, oh, she had to sit there and think. I was like, how do you have to figure it out? She's like, well, yes. at some point, you just stop caring. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I think it's once you hit your 30s, especially. You're like, I, I don't even care to count anymore. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. too much yeah. to count. Who cares? Yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> But you're right, so I, 40. What I just say, it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Don't remind me. Uh, so, so guys, uh, Carter, you especially uh, told us about the show that was coming out called Hellier. And that is H-E-L-L-I-E-E-R. It's a show. It's a documentary series. It's five parts. Uh, you can go watch it now on YouTube. I think it's also on Amazon and it's on a couple other things, I believe. I haven't been able to find it on Amazon when I went looking for it. I couldn't find it. Another yeah, friend of mine I couldn't find said it on she Amazon couldn't either. find it either. wonder no, if it's least, outside of the country. Also, didn't they? Well, I yeah, wonder, well, you know how some maybe of these the government stre- took it down. Well, some of these streaming services have certain shows available in different countries. So maybe it's not available in the U.S. on Amazon. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. 
It's all on YouTube, though. You can go on YouTube yeah. and watch it free, absolutely free. Uh, it's six parts. Um, uh, are we going to give spoilers out? That's that's what I'm trying to decide here, because I really want to. I do, too. <laughs> all right, so spoilers are ahead. We're, we've warned you plenty. Uh, turn away now if you don't want to hear spoilers for Hellier. Uh, the gist for Hellier is really similar to a story we've covered on this show before. In which uh, little goblins slash aliens, whatever you want to call them, uh, sort of wreak havoc on this family in Kentucky. And to the point where uh, the family shoots at these little goblins or whatever you want to call them. And that, you know, that type of ordeal. And it happened a couple times, I believe, there. So apparently it starts happening again to this small town in a small town named Hellier. And uh, these people from the website Planet Weird, uh, we know them from, well, I know them from the website Weekend, the Weekend Weird. Yeah. Weekend Weird, yep. Yeah. Same. Uh, they're kind of, they're part of that. Uh, so they're, they're kind of well known. Uh, they're the ones that are involved with this. They're the ones that put it out, put out the documentary. Uh, but it's following them as they go to Hellier to investigate. So that's kind of the gist of what this show's about. Um, we're going to spoil everything. So uh, the first thing is your spo- last chance. <laughs> yes, this is your last chance. Uh, <laughs> I guess overall, let's give like an overall feelings to it first. Uh, Carter, overall, d- did you enjoy this? Did you like? I one hundred percent enjoyed this. Absolutely. Um, I thought it was well done. I thought it was uh, intriguing. Um, I thought it was uh, well presented from certain standpoints. Oh, um, that's so, yeah. that's a good point. I want to say that too. This thing is uh, this thing is shot very very well. They they put some money uh, to me. It seemed like they put some money into the production of this. It looked really good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And what about you? Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I think it was it was well like it looked great. The production was good for sure. Um, I was I enjoyed it in in that I was entertained, but I, I there are there were certain things that I, I have comments about. Uh, yeah, and I'll same. wait till we get to them. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was entertaining, is what it was for sure. Yes. See, I'm on the same same page as as Chris. I. I enjoyed watching it quite a lot. I mean, I got through them pretty quick because they were easily watchable. Overall, there's a few times where it felt drag, where it kind of dragged a little bit for me, but we can get back to that too. Uh, but uh, this also essentially, side note, is a quote-unquote prologue to something else. And that blew me away because this prologue lasts forever. <laughs> to me, and I don't know if you, you agree with me here, Carter, or not, but I felt one of the main flaws with this with this, if you're going to, we're going to point out flaws too. Overall, again, I'm going to say I liked it. I did like this show. So when I point out these flaws, just please remember, I still like this show, but I'm not going to let it get off scot free. <laughs> uh, I, I did feel overall that they could have summed all this up into a hour and a half, two hour documentary. And it would have been just as good. If not, be- it actually would have been better in my opinion. They left so much in it. Uh, there's so many slow-mo areas that didn't need, <laughs> they slow-moed the guy getting out of the car for crying out loud and I busted out <laughs> laughing. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a, you're, you're getting way in your own way trying to make a film, which I understand because uh, we all love movies and I think even, especially Chris, you know, wanted to make movies and Carter, yeah. I think you probably wanted to make movies. We all wanted to make movies. 
So I get it wanting to do that. But sometimes they kind of got in their own way, I felt, when it comes to what they actually included in the documentary. All the little things. It took them forever to do things because every step of what they did, they filmed and they left it in there. I don't know if they cut anything out. I would be impressed if they cut stuff out of this. Well, some of the things I felt it was important uh, as far as the length. You know, I thought it was it was very important to show us uh, the first time uh, they went when it was just him and her. And how everybody was like, seemed to be like really willing to talk to him about things. And then when they went back the second time with their crew and stuff, it was like a it was like a ghost town. You know, I thought I thought it was important to put that in there because it sort of added to the mystery of of the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's plenty in there that I thought was important. That is one of those I agree with you with. Uh, Just so everybody knows, also, Hellier is a a really, really small town in Kentucky. Uh, That's kind of a a very it's pretty much like on all sides of it, surrounded by woods, basically kind of pops out of nowhere. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, but yeah, so it's a lot of, uh, they don't get a lot of, they kind of set the, the tone of this town as they don't get a lot of visitors. Right. You're very much so. Very much yeah. so. I get what you're saying, Johnny, in that you feel like it could have just been put together a specific way. But I think the point in what they were wanting to do was make a series. It wasn't just about putting a documentary together and trying to tell a specific tale. Because I, I liked the, what I did like about this show was that um, it was episodic. They would end a specific yeah. way, almost cliffhangery. You know what I mean? And it led you right into what the next episode is going to be about. So it was, it was. I think that was the point to this idea that in regards to making a documentary, it was a docu series, yeah. uh, which is cool. But I do know what you mean when it, it was overdone in some of these real slow mo shots of them like walking in just slow mo. You know what I mean? Like that stuff's not really needed. Um, because they had a lot of good f- video and footage they can use in the interim, you know? A lot of that time you're seeing the slow-mo is because someone's narrating something. And I get yep. it. They want to fill that time. But you could do it with all kinds of uh, of footage of your surroundings and not have to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the other, the mo- yeah one of, definitely one, the slow-mo. I really agree with you guys on that. One there of the was, things that – It felt too much of that. Yeah. One of the other things that kind of bothered me was the um, the overproduction with the sound design because there's all these times when they're in the woods and things are really creepy that it's almost overdone with the amount the, – the, the kind of ambient music and noise they're using. Yes. I'm and with if you, you ask, on this. And if you ask me – if you had zero music and all we It'd heard was like the crickets and that weird tension because they're listening and they're waiting to hear another crack and, and all you hear and is you knew. crickets. Yes, that would be you knew, so much better. because they would better. lower the ambient stuff and raise the volume. Yeah, and I don't think you needed like the ambience at all. Like you didn't need it. You know what I mean? It, it could have just been Well, it was almost good. like a spoiler, right? Yeah. Like you got to know, okay, well, something's about to happen. Yeah. They just lowered the volume. Something's about to happen. So I think that was a little overboard. So I, I, I think what we're both – what we really see is that the a lot of the things that bothered me about this was a filmmaker's decision and so here's my problem with it and before we really get into the story and what happened uh but there's two different things happening in this documentary there's this podcast crew and this these guys that have a podcast website they're into weird shit planet weird um, they have a story to tell, right? They have this weird little thing that happened and they weren't even yeah. interested in, in it until 
until a filmmaker really got to them and was just like, look, this is important because of synchronicity. Now, oh, gosh. the thing that bothers me is that it was it, there's two things happening. There's a, uh, these guys that have a website and there's like kind of this weird x filesy stuff happening with them. But then there's this other side happening in this documentary, which is a filmmaker who is obsessed with the idea of synchronicity and basically wants to marry the idea of what they're trying to do with his his style of making a film that's based everything on synchronicity. And just for the that, word, just for the just for a side note, great drinking game. Watch this, and every time <laughs> they say die. that word, take a drink, and you'll be dead by the end of it. Yeah, you guys are so fucking cynical, but, man. No, but you'll here's the thing. Dead. Here's the here's also the side note, Chris. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. Yeah, I listened to an interview on a podcast after like uh, they were promoting this. Yeah. So um, I already forgot their names. The 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 husband and wife team, Planet Weird. Yeah, so they're the ones that are on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could remember the podcast there. I would totally plug them because I listen to it all the time. But uh, it's uh, so they're on this podcast plugging this show, and they say that word over and over again. I'm on the telling podcast. you, I think it's because of the, and we'll get into it when we talk about this, why I think it hits this way. But it's, it's definitely the influence of the filmmaker because he wants to make everything synchronicity. And the problem is, is he doesn't understand the definition of the word because there's probably two instances of true synchronicity in this entire documentary. Everything else they're saying, they're not using the term right. It doesn't fit. It's not, it's not it what they're like, trying to do. Are, like you saying, are you saying he's using synchronicity to describe a coincidence? Yes. I, I okay. to me to me it felt like when and this is just from my, from my own personal experience. Uh, you know when you're younger and you learn a big word and you learn that you can say it <laughs> and then you just start saying it all the time. Yep. When I was younger, I learned the word monotonous and I thought I was really smart because I knew what I meant and I could use it. That I just started putting it in pretty much any sentence that I said. Yeah. <laughs> just so I could seem smart. And I'm not saying and I am coming off a little cynical. I'm going to agree with you there, Carter. But uh, yeah, like see, they just not, said that word that so cynical, much that yeah. it, it got it got on my nerves. I get it. I'm not that cynical, well, but I, I mean, well, no. Here's the thing: like, I agree with you guys, but at the same time, you know, one coincidence is a coincidence. Right. Two coincidences, maybe three coincidences. Okay, we're starting to see a pattern here. But the but maybe synchronicity wasn't the right word. Maybe right. pattern is the word. He there you use. go. There you go. Yeah, pattern's much better. There you go. Uh, yes. But so the gist of it is. Uh, the the reason they're even sent on this uh, on this chase or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, let's start from the beginning here. Is yeah, because they, get, the they get an email from a, from a, from a doctor who has moved to Hillier. Well, go go back a little further than that. So so the guy was part of a ghost hunting team, and they had set up that email yeah. to get uh, I guess to get people's yeah. You know, recommendations of we oh you should go here and investigate they were just here. You should check this out. They or were whatever. all kids too. It was dude. an email that they had barely used since then. So it was almost a defunct email that they yeah. got. It was about this ten e- years, wasn't it? Eight yeah. or ten years, he said. Yeah, that is weird. I'll give him that. That is very strange. And yeah. They get this email from this guy who says he's a doctor. I already forgot his name's David something. David Christie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he, he and his family have moved to Hillier, a small town in Kentucky, and uh, they started getting attacked by these little. Well, not they weren't necessarily attacked, but they see these little creatures. Kind of like the yard from the caves, and the caves pl- pay, uh, play a very important part of this show. Yeah. Uh, so these little creatures are coming out. They're really small. Um, like at first he doesn't see them. His kids see them and, uh, he thinks they're messing with them. You know, kids just have imaginations, that type of deal. But then he sees them and he also takes, he has evidence as in he has pictures, which is the footprints and some really blurry pictures of the supposed creatures. 
Right. But the footprints are very interesting, in yes. my opinion. Those are interesting. And he sends those to uh, to him as as quote unquote evidence for the guys, and that's what ultimately gets him interested in in the, at the very beginning. And then they get a email after that from they go back and forth for a while, and then the guy just stops communicating with them. Right. Well, Which the, is weird in and of itself. I think the last email he sent, he 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 got the the guy sent was that. They couldn't take it anymore and that they needed to leave. So they ended up moving. And they bailed. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he said, yeah. I'm going to go back and get the stuff that we left. I'll behind. be back there for yeah. a few days. And then that was it. Yes. And then they get, then they get an email from another person whose name is Terry. Terry wrist or wrist. Uh, so this is the point where I rolled my eyes for the first time. <laughs> Like, let's just say, for sake of argument, that this Terry R. Wrist is a is, is a real person who is who they claim to be. Uh, that's the that's a stupid, terrible name. Don't make your name a jokey name if you want to be taken seriously. But First it wasn't all, a jokey name, was it? it? It was a jokey name. I laughed every time I saw it. Like, why? If I if I'll just tell you this: if we history creeps ever get an email from somebody named Terry R. Wrist, I'm automatically not going to do whatever they tell me. Oh, I'm forwarding it to you. Are you kidding me? Well, you can, but I'm not going to do whatever they say it to you. Well, here's the funny <laughs> thing. So, what what happens when he gets an email from this guy? He decides to look him up on the internet because he's like, "Who is Terry Wrist?" Right? Obviously, he yes. he knew that it was a joke the way the name sounds. Uh, and uh, uh, there's no one. There's no one on the internet. There's nothing he can find except except what except a little notation, uh, a back of the book interview. Um, and I can't even remember the title of the book now. But I, as we were watching the show, I whipped out my phone and googled it, and it is a real book. Um, oh, what's the name of the book? Anyway, the author of the book interviewed a guy who used the pseudonym Terry R. Wrist, who claimed to be part of an expeditionary force of the military whose job was to go into the cave systems and clean out the aliens. Right, which is something we kind of discussed on a story for us before, right? Because that sounded really familiar to me. It's Yeah, it's very much like uh, Phil Schneider. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And yeah. some of the things we talked about when we did uh, our good pal Bobby Lasers. Yeah. Yes. That's where I'm remembering it from. So basically uh, yes. the, the so he, guy from Planet Weird starts this interaction with this guy and he's saying, you know, that there's a lot that he needs. What does he say? Something I don't, I don't even remember. He was saying that even though a door was closed, the window was still open. Oh, something and that, like that they yeah. weren't looking in the right places, that type of deal. Yeah. And the whole yeah. thing that drew these guys into this story was because um, earlier in their podcasting days, they had covered – the Hopkinsville Goblins, which we'd covered right. in the past, which was clear across the state in Kentucky. So it's on the it's on the the western side of Kentucky is where the Hopkinsville Goblins thing happened. On the eastern yep. side of Kentucky is is Hellier. And now there's this guy, this doctor that says his family was experiencing these attacks by these creatures coming out of caves. And the way he described it, they looked it sounded like the Goblins case, right? Yeah, they sounded very similar. And they were able to corroborate from the Sutton children from the Goblinsville, the Hopkinsville Goblin case. Yeah. That there were caves on their property as well. Right. Yes. So that's a big deal in this thing. Caves. Uh, there's a big cave system in Kentucky yeah. and in West Virginia. Uh, Kentucky and West Virginia back in the day, uh, and a couple other states too around in that area, 
were really huge for mining. A lot yep. of coal mining went along there. Yeah, uh, a lot of that stuff is still there today. When you go through those states, you'll see remnants of that stuff. Yeah, yep. So there's all kinds of caves going on through those places, man-made and natural. Yeah. So I think the story is though that they kind of lose, like there's nothing else because the people who run Planet Weird, the guy was just kind of like, ah, whatever, you know, it must be some sort of kook. Like he, it intrigued him a little bit, but then he kind of let it go, uh, and then he ended up doing meeting up. He went out to. Um, Colorado to to the Stanley Hotel and ended up meeting up with uh, a, a filmmaker who was doing a, a a series out there a docu series called The Spirits of the Stanley something like that. Yeah, apparently out at the Stanley Hotel they have a paranormal investigator in residence. Yes, and uh, which is odd in and of itself. Yeah, that's odd, but also what a great job. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> like that's your that's your job. You meet somebody on the plane. They're like, "What do you do?" Oh, you know, I'm an office manager. What do you do? <laughs> I'm a, you know, resident paranormal investigator for the Stanley Hotel. Oh, yeah, awesome. We all we all know that the three of us. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a Ghostbuster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Straight up. So so what ends up happening is he meets this guy, right? And so the filmmaker thinks, "Oh, these people are cool. Let me go back and listen to some of their old um, podcasts." And so he listens to the episode about the Hopkinsville Goblin. And he enjoys it. So he goes on Twitter and blows up his newfound friend. Hey, you know, if you're not listening to these guys' podcasts, you're missing out. And Planet Weird Guy responds and says, hey, thanks. Appreciate that, right? Uh, filmmaker says, yeah, no problem. And I guess the next day, something comes up on Twitter. And it's it's an article that was like years earlier from Planet Weird about the Hopkinsville Goblin. And yeah, apparently the f- they have a random article generator that pops right. up. The, the filmmaker is just like, oh, I see what you did there. And Planet Weird Guy's like, oh, no, it's a random generator. You know, it just delves into our, our archives and just generates something to put up on, on uh, social media. And that's when the filmmaker's like, synchronicity. Now, let me tell you something. That is synchronicity. That is. That's, that's, that's that weird, almost like... What are the chances? A coincidence, but not a coincidence. Right. It's a, it's it's like the it's the most weird, uh, like paranormal style kind of a coincidence. Now that's synchronicity. So the rest of the time he uses it in the film, though he doesn't use it right, and that's what bothers me. But anyway, so this is this kind of kicks this whole thing off. So they start talking about it. He tells them about these emails, and the filmmakers just like we should really look into this. And that's why they decide they're going to all travel out to Hellier to kind of see what's going on and what happened to the family and why he disappeared. Right. So the gist of it is that guy never existed. Yeah, they get there and nobody in the as town. As far as they can find, yeah. But think about this, dude. Like, It's such a tiny town that they, they have one gas station. The gas station also serves as the grocery store, as the pizza joint, and something else. I forgot what it was. Um, like the barbershop or something, but like, that's it. That's literally the town square is that gas station. If a family, especially a doctor moved into town with kids, people would know, especially if they moved out six months later, people would know who these people were. There wasn't one person in that town who knew who he was. Or to, or at least know of a family, even if they didn't know there were doctors who moved in and then moved out right away. Right. Well, and that's and me being the more conspiracy-minded of the three of us. I, I look at it as there's two Men explanations. Black. Either the guy didn't exist or the entire town pretends he doesn't exist, which wouldn't be that hard considering how small the town is. Yeah, but you've got to get that whole town to get in on that, and it'd be like, uh. have you, have you, you, We heard these people talk, Carter. They'd, 
They're uh, they're not. I don't know if they're not if remembering they're that script, dude. They're not remembering that script. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no offense. No offense, Hellier. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really dumb too, so I, I'm I don't know, man. But myself. So the idea is, as these guys go out there and they're trying to find this stuff, but in in doing so, they're also doing their own kind of paranormal investigations. They're doing all employing different kinds of techniques that you see on these ghost hunting shows, like spirit boxes and 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 things like that. And that's and that is where this jumps. Yes, there's a, there's a this lot of kind of like, crazy things. This became like I'm coming back from a long trip and I'm unpacking my suitcase, and shit just keeps coming out and coming out <laughs> and coming out, like. That was the weirdest part of this was that you had an idea going into it. Oh, it's going to be about this. No, no, it's not about that. Or it's not just about that. Well, that, which is not unheard of. I mean, there've been plenty of times uh, that we've heard that there are some connections between Bigfoot and UFOs yeah. and, and ghosts. I mean, that's not, un, that is in itself is not unheard of. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the theory that Bigfoot is the ghost of a Neanderthal man yeah, that is the first time I've heard that. I That's interesting. First, that is the first yeah. time I've heard that. That is yeah. pretty now, interesting. I'm not going to say it's not a good theory. I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I truly love it. Uh, my man. Okay. I'm, let, let me try to phrase this where it's where I'm not hurting feelings. <laughs> I have zero issue. Zero issue with tarot cards. Zero issue with them. <laughs> But the minute she pulled out tarot cards for this, for something that had no reason to have them, my eyes could not have rolled farther back in my head than they did. I went blind for a split second. <laughs> uh, they, uh, man, I was like, this is, this. that's one of the times where I kind of tuned out a little bit. It's like, man, this is, like, See, I, I made a joke to Chris. That I wonder if for every decision she makes, she has to pull out those tarot cards. <laughs> like even <laughs> well, and small that, and decisions. That was the thing, right? See, for it me, like... it didn't throw me because when when I saw the kind of person she was, when we saw her at the house, did you notice she was cl- cleansing her crystals? Yes. So the yes. second I saw that, it didn't throw me off because I knew that's the kind of person she was. So it was like, ah, okay. I knew it didn't make sense in regards to what we're trying to see as this documentary. Like, was that needed at all on the film? Eh, maybe not. But what they were doing was trying to create a narrative with the cards and the whole idea with this doctor not being around and Terry wrist and all that stuff. So they were really trying to add to this X files. like who are these shadowy figures type of thing. Well, it's also an extra part that didn't be needed and could have been cut from this. Yes, I agree. Uh, like it didn't add anything to it, in my opinion. Yeah, but it didn't throw Except me. Maybe show you a little bit about what their process is, yeah. which I'm not, I, I agree with you, Johnny. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's necessary to see every step of the process. Right now they did do some interesting thing, interesting things that I thought, uh, like when they would go and do the, the spirit box type deal and how they would cut off some of their other senses. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I, I like too. that too. Yeah. I like that quite a bit to be honest. Um, so I like that aspect of their investigations, Yeah. but I think my other big issue with this, and again, I'm going to say this, I think people should watch this. If you're into this stuff, Yes. I found it very entertaining. I really enjoyed myself watching it. And if they put out more stuff, I will watch it. Absolutely. But, uh, they also have this thing where everyone in the group, from what I could tell uh, from how it was put together, uh, nobody went into it with a you got to have a healthy bit of uh, skepticism. Skepticism. You have to. Or people are going to pull stuff over your eyes and you're just going to believe everything is a UFO or a ghost. And that's just not the case. It's just not how it is. And 
everybody in this group was so quick to believe things, in my opinion. That's how they came off, anyway. Like, yep, this is definitely this. This is definitely uh, that favorite word of Chris's. I don't even want to say it anymore because <laughs> they, <laughs> they said it enough. Uh, you know, uh, like, they were all so quick to believe things. And when, when a group is like that, when any of these groups that are like that, my brain – and it's probably, it might just be me, but my brain automatically tells me that I'm being worked. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a whole, this is all fake. It's what I start saying to myself. And I mean, uh, I remember earlier in the series, the uh, the girlfriend, the uh, planet weird girlfriend was saying, or wife was saying, uh, you know, I'm the more skeptical one. I'm the more and critical. She's not. And no, she not wasn't at least. all. Not once. <laughs> not once. Not once did she come off like that, in my opinion. Yeah. I need, uh, yeah, you need to, stuff, you need to have here. somebody that tries to figure out what it, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you need somebody like that just to, to, to help at least lend credibility that, that, you know, what we're being shown had somebody saying, maybe it's uh, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you need to put in all the theories, yeah. not just that it's paranormal. So that way when it is paranormal, it's even more amazing. Yeah. So the idea, uh, yeah. So yeah. Th- they never find this guy and it become, and it, that's why, so I saw something that, that described it as X-Files meets Stranger Things meets Catfish. And that's exactly what it was, you know, I ex- agree. except here was I the agree. thing. Now, now, now when I said that, that, uh, you know, it was meant to be a series, it's because there was something that happens um, at the at the very end of this thing. They go through this whole experience. And again, they didn't find who they needed to. Like Carter said, when they first got there. Um, it was kind of like an undercover way that they were talking to people. So the people didn't really realize they were on camera or re- being recorded at that time. Um, so, so many people came out of the woodwork to talk about their experiences, creatures they'd seen in the forest, all these things. And then when the cameras were all out and they were being, you know, everybody said, nope, never seen nothing like that. Nope, never seen nothing like that. You know what I mean? There's a couple yeah. instances it- where it was that kind of ominous X-Files style thing where a guy comes up and he's like, listen, you know, don't trust everybody that you talk to here. You know, if anybody tells you they could show you places, don't go with them. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's almost that like, weird, ooh, man. you know? Yeah, that exactly. That was really weird. But the, the whole catfish thing comes about that, like, it seemed like they were worked with all these emails saying, do this, do that, do this, do that. Um, no, they were worked. They were worked. Well, here's the thing, scenes. Johnny, because at the very end... Um, and it seemed like it was a kind of a kitschy thing, like a, a kind of tongue in cheek thing. At the end, it is a close up of the dude's email app, and all of a sudden, right, it blinks on, right? Yes. And I thought that was kind of jokey, but apparently, somebody on Twitter said something about that email, and and then the guy responded and said, um, "Actually, Hellier's a prologue." So yes. I'm thinking this really there was a real email that came in, which is going to set into motion maybe more stuff for the, them to go on some sort of. You know, oh, a scavenger hunt. Well, that's what I mean when I say it was a suitcase being unpacked. They went for one reason, and they ended up getting into something completely – well, not totally different, but sort of related to the yeah. reasons that yeah. they came there. It's now, I, will give them, I will give them this much credit though. They went out of their way to find out if that David guy existed. They even went yeah. and found – tried to find records and everything like that. Yeah. So they did do that. I will give them that much credit. And they um, did at one point – Remember, they thought they might have found the house yeah, on right. the first trip. Yeah, and then they couldn't find it again, which is, which which makes sense to me because I've been through Kentucky numerous times, and there's definitely areas like that where you won't remember it if you don't go through many more than once. Like right. you won't yeah, remember how to exactly. get back there. Right, it's easy to get lost. So that made sense to me too. But also, there's a couple things that I found really funny. One of them was they constantly described Hellier as a place where you don't have cell phone service, but right. they were constantly on their cell phone calling people. Yep. 
so we could talk to them and hear them on the documentary. Yeah. Well, he said no. He said one. He said only one of the only one of the me- crew members' phones worked at that cabin, and it was the the goateed guy that was in the punk band. Uh, Synchronicity is what that was. <laughs> well, and that's, that's and that's band. what I want. That's what I want to talk about is uh, the I think it's the last um, two episodes or so when they go into that uh, abandoned um, train tunnel. Right. Um, that was where it started to kind of turn for me in the sense of, okay, maybe something else is going on here unrelated to the reason you're here. What I'm saying is that we all agree there's weird shit that happens all the time. You know, just because somebody says, oh, there's goblins coming out of this cave doesn't mean you couldn't have a haunted train tunnel in the same town. Right. Right. You know, and the stuff they were hearing in that train tunnel to me sounded more like a ghost than an alien. So I'll tell you something. There was something that they were, was a little bit of a a theme. It was a small thread that played through a lot of this. And it was, we're going to go back to what Johnny brought up. uh, And you brought it up for a reason, Johnny, was that there's a huge cave system and mining system under Kentucky, West Virginia, and all and the States across the center of the country there and up into the Appalachians. Um, one of the ideas that came up that I had never heard of before, and I, I've loved paranormal stuff. You know, I've been into this for almost my entire life, but I had never heard the theory that all of these things that we have ever experienced, UFOs, Bigfoot, Mothman, the goblins, aliens, are coming from parallel dimensions, which j- originate in the cave system that runs across, you know what I mean? I think the you guy, mean like when he was explaining that yes, the guy, dude. like the Dover demon could be yes. the same thing as the Hopkinsville goblins, but because they're in different parts, they have different yes. names. And so I was yes, thinking, I, how is this not like, is he not realizing maybe this is what Terry wrist is trying to push him towards? Like pay attention that this is the thing. It's that this cave system, it's not, it's not weird. It's not a coincidence that in Hopkinsville on the West side of Kentucky, where the cave systems, uh, where the caves are, these goblins were seen, and not just that, but numerous UFO sightings and weird lights in the sky, okay? And the yeah, cave Kentucky system, has a history of UFO sightings. Exactly, yep. and that cave yep. system runs itself across the entire state, out through Hellier, where this guy supposedly said stuff was happening. And again, it could have all been a ruse, but if the idea was, is this guy's trying to push them to, to the understanding that the cave system is behind things? You know, like he was maybe trying to give him a, a, a fake thing, but to realize how it could tie to all these other things to help him get to where he needed, X-Files style. But then think about yeah, it. Caves, that, I mean, caves by themselves are just creepy. Yeah, right? that, that cave yeah, I mean, system. Caves are creepy and on themselves. Even if nothing's in there, they're still creepy because ex- it's, it's a dark area with no light. But now think of, it, is creepy. think of it yep. as having portals throughout there. Now that same cave system runs itself through West Virginia, through where the Mothman came from. You know what I mean? And again, other UFO entities. And that cave system continues to push its way up into the Appalachians. And if you think about it, how many different stories do we have from Native Americans of all different kinds of creatures? That, oh, the, the, dude, the Brown Mountain Lights, the Brown Wendigo. Mountain lights. Oh, I mean, man, I'm glad all you said of Brown them, Mountain dude. Lights. But do you see what you I'm saying? Like, just think about that. I, I, when I heard that, I was like, I was like, I think everybody's too stuck on the synchronicity garbage that they're not realizing that the story is that maybe this is the case. Maybe it's this entire system underneath 
this part of our country has all these different portal points where things just come out of them. You know what I mean? Whenever and, it's, and you yeah, know what else? Thin. You know That's what else? They don't they don't cover this on Hellier. But when he said it, I started thinking about it. I think he might have mentioned it, but it was just in passing. Um, a lot of the national parks and national forests run along those too. Exactly. And remember, what was who was the dude that did the case of all those disappearances? Oh, the missing David Pilates. Yeah, and, David and, Pilates. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they'd be up at the top of the mountain, you know, without socks on and stuff. Like what? Yep. But they just disappear all together. Dude, I'm yep. telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Um, I think that's where the real story was. So maybe that's what Terry Wrist was trying to tell him. That's like, what Hellier's I think. Hellier's just the tip of the iceberg. That's what I think. Yeah. That, that, we see, that sounds even more interesting than what we got here. So I think we well, should do our was, own. Maybe that was what he meant when he said it was a prologue. Yeah, Maybe they're going to address long... that in the sense of we got so wrapped up in this that we couldn't see the forest for the trees. Right, but maybe so, he's like, we want to take you on that journey, so you guys got to go and see what we had to go through before we got to this. Which was yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of slow uh, motion. Aside, one, one, last, one last thing for me. Uh, the Brown Mountain Lights. Those were brought up. Brown Mountain was brought up in, on this documentary series. I live about 45 minutes at the most from Brown Mountain. Been through there many, many times in my life. Many, many times. I've never, and I've, like Chris and like Carter, I'm sure, I've been into the paranormal stuff. For pretty much my entire life, I've always yeah. found it fascinating. Never once have I heard the insane thing they said on here about the Brown Mountain. <laughs> this guy, they, they meet this guy there, and he says that they're going to go check out a cave, and that they think that this is one of those caves where aliens are in it, basically. I've never once heard this. Never, ever, ever once. And I've looked into the Brown Mountain lights bunches and bunches and bunches of times. It's very close to me. So obviously I find it very fascinating. Never once have I heard this. It blew my mind that this was a thing. Like I've never heard of this before. So to the point where I felt like this guy was making it up. <laughs> what did he say? I can't even remember what he said now. They met this guy and uh, this was all part of, I forgot how this is even related to what they were doing in the first place, but the people from planet weird have flown down or flown down to North Carolina to the Brown mountain lights where they met this guy. I think he had a podcast or something too, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the whole gist of it was that there's uh, there some people were thinking that the Brown Mountain Lights were uh, were actually all because there's like an alien base or military base under there, and they had dealt with aliens before. That's underground in the mountains there, and that's the cause of a lot of the lights and stuff. Yeah, uh, but he made it sound like everybody knows this is a theory and that it's been going around for years. I've never once heard it, and it's kind of my area. <laughs> I've he I've heard I've heard about a Pisgah base. Yes. See, I've heard of other places having something like that. Yeah, but never. But I've never heard of Brown Mountain. Brown Mountain. No. Right. But he made it sound like everybody in the area knows of this. And I'm like, no, they don't. Well, dude, I just <laughs> learned about the Pisgah base like a couple of weeks ago. So maybe it's one of those things, you know, like in Tremors. Hey, everybody knows about him, Earl. We just didn't tell you. Well, he sounds like that. He said, to me, he came off like that guy, and he may be very awesome. This is the only time you see him. I don't think he's in the rest of the show. Uh, so maybe he's actually very awesome. But he made it. He made it sound like, uh, yeah, like yeah. Everybody knows about this. What this is uh, this is a well known thing. How'd you not know that, you idiot? Yeah, like if you didn't know it, you're stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, what? This is not. I've never heard this. But you're yeah. making this up, sir. But yeah, I would say overall, it was very entertaining. It was enjoyable, and I definitely want to see where it's going to go now. To be honest with you, because I'm really hoping that it is that whole idea of the cave system. Because think about what that would mean, guys, in reality. Like, let's say 
that was the case. You could, I mean, and, and what does it mean? Does that mean you have to wait to certain times of the year or certain times of wherever the planet is in alignment with things when, when it's active? Do you know what I mean? Where things yeah, can come yeah. go and that go was through kind of the feel you got from the show, right? It, yeah. Or yeah. From the series was that they, when they came the first time they'd come at the right time. Yeah. And when they came the second time they had missed it somehow. Yeah. You know, uh, or that it was, and and they even mentioned that a couple of times. I think that it's it might be a time of the year thing that they're dealing with that it, it spikes at certain points of the year, and they had missed it. Yeah. So I think, uh, in conclusion for this, uh, who do we think the email is from that this ends with? It's it's from it's going to be from Terry Rist, right? Because the other guy doesn't exist. Well, I don't it's, know. Yeah, if the other guy doesn't exist. Who wrote the email? I mean, what Terry, you're saying? I is think like, they're the same person. Yeah, that's I agree. my theory. I agree. Okay, well, and then, and so my my question still stands: Who is this person? He's the du- well, he's the dude from X Files that was who was it that was help, trying to give all the information to Mulder to help him along? What was his name? Well, once at, at the beginning it was Deep Throat, and then Deep yeah. Throat got killed, and then it was uh, X from yeah. uh, Missing in Action Two. Yes. So that's 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 this guy. So in this in this world is that we're watching. That's who it is. We don't know who it is yet. We may see him in this next series that comes out. You know what I mean? And then like the the cliffhanger at the end of that series will be that. Oh my God! This is X. This is Terry Wrist. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if, if they're this, smart, this they'll do Terry it that Wrist. way. If they're smart, they'll do it that way. Because again, like we said, this is very well done. It's a very well produced piece of uh, of entertainment. It really, Absolutely. really is. Uh, it's very fascinating. It brings up all kinds of different theories and 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 just topics of discussion for the for people like us. The stuff that we love to talk about. Well, and isn't that it's kind of when they say it's X Files meets catfish, it's kind of yeah. misleading because like at the same at the same time that they're being catfished, you as the viewer are being catfished. Yep. Too. Like you're going into it thinking, okay, well, this is going to be a documentary about yep. UFOs or aliens or something, and it just like covers uh, like a whole wide spectrum of of what did he what do they keep calling it high strangeness. Yeah, you, you guys heard now. synchronicity. I kept hearing high strangeness, and I really like something about that term just kept sticking in my head. Well, every time I heard synchronicity, I kept thinking it was like from uh, Sting, like one of his albums. <laughs> <laughs> the Police. Yeah, there we go. That's the bet I couldn't think of. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. I'm going to ask you this, Johnny. What of the entire five episodes, what scene or what part or what what was your absolute thing that hit you that you were just like, man, I like this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what was it that made you really like it? I I think it was the setting of it. As in like Hellier itself. I really wanted it to be like a bigger player in this, like the actual area. And it just at the end of it, it kind of wasn't. And it was at the same time, which is weird. But I've been through Kentucky many times. I really like that state a lot. It's a beautiful state. Uh, just, to, just from a scenic standpoint, it's beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also at the same time, it's creepy uh, because <laughs> a lot of the towns are small like that. A lot of the places are isolated like that. Yeah. And it can be creepy if you're not from there or if you don't know the area very well. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the cool things about this show, I thought, was that, like you were saying, Chris, that the production value was so high that they did – occasionally try to make use of the area like and show you you know parts of it where you'd be like oh wow that's that's actually kind of beautiful yeah yeah for sure you know yeah. like I, I wouldn't mind seeing that view like that's that's a nice you know that's a nice view 
he has a, a, a lot of really nice shots of the area, honestly, for sure. Yeah, it, it uh, felt like they kind of did that on purpose to like almost like counterbalance it, you know, like this is a beautiful place. But when you get here, it just feels weird. Yeah, but I also really liked the times when they were actually in the area investigating. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the music, I would have loved it even more. But like just the area itself was just creepy. Like yeah. I was waiting for something to jump out at him at any time. Especially in that tall grass. That tall yeah. grass was giving me flashbacks of Jurassic Park 2, man. <laughs> yeah, Lost Raptors. Gonna come <laughs> yeah, out seriously. Moment. Yeah. But yeah, so so when they were doing stuff like that, I really, really liked this. There you, were plenty of times where I was on the fence about it, but then they would bring me back when they would have you know times like this. Like I, that. I think what really got me, and I really just – I was just like, I like this. It, it was getting to like – the way it was filmed in, in regards to like seeing them at their home in his little office area there talking about how, you know, he started, he started, <laughs> started out, no. Chris, can I real quick, I'll forget this. What's that? There, there's a shot where they're in his, I think they're in his office. Yeah. One of the guys from planet weird, the, the, the husband. Yeah. And they're just talking to him and he opens a door and he's there talking to one of the other guys. And in the background, there's just this, and it just struck me because I couldn't stop looking at it. Headless nude mannequin. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> it's tucked off in the corner. Yeah. So whatever he was saying, I missed because I couldn't stop looking at that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, no. Uh, I was laughing at his cat, too. Man. That was pretty funny, too. Oh, his cats yeah. were awesome. The yeah. cat was awesome. Uh, no, but for me, it was it was the fact that these guys were like he they're telling the story and it, and and you get you find out you know that he started doing these ghost hunting thing with his, with his friends. They were just a bunch of punk kids that created an LLC that wasn't really an LLC. Uh, they created their own website. You know, they had this whole thing going, uh, and and then you know he moved on to you know having a blog about weird stuff and then you know having a podcast and and then they decided to just it got bigger and bigger. Um, and, and for me, it was just kind of like, that's kind of cool, you know, because I know this is what we do. We love doing this. So, you know, it's, it's almost kind of like that could be me. That could be me and my friends right now that we got a case or we got into this, this story so deep in history creeps where we were like, this is a mystery that we should go and investigate. Like, you know what I mean? Like how cool would that be? Um, so that's on that note. That, that's wife what hooked looked me, dude. At me at the end of the series and said, you guys are not going to do a live episode in Hell Here. <laughs> and I went, why not? And she went, we just watched it. What do you think? Why not? <laughs> so I may, ha- I may have to Skype in uh, for that one. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm saying like the, the idea is that like, I don't know. It hooked me that, that it could be me and my friends because I already share the love of the stuff that they love. Right. And then on top of yeah, it, yeah. it was like, Oh, he does this and he does that. And, and it could be us, dude. We could come across a case where we're like, let's try to get together and meet at this place and get even deeper in the story. And we do. And we go out and talk to people and maybe bring somebody along so they could film it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So I that really, that, that really hooked cameras, me in, actually. dude. Yeah, I got you. Makes sense to me. Uh, anything that we like, usually we gotta we can make it a little personal somehow. Yeah, and that's yeah. a way to a way of doing it with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was definitely an enjoyable film. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want all the things. I'm not I bringing Tarek like, Yeah, <laughs> I'll bring well, the crystals. I, I, um, and I think I mentioned this the last time we did a show. I still have this old uh, time life, the UFO phenomenon yeah. from Mysteries of the Unknown. Yes, I and love the Hopkinsville that. case is one of the cases that's in here. And this was like one of the first, you know, books that I got a hold of that was like all about, you know, UFOs and stuff like that. So I think having it connected to Hopkinsville was what hooked me in because I kept 
oh, hoping same. they were going to, you know, figure out some way to explain what happened in Hopkinsville and tie it to Hellier. Yeah, I was there. I mean, I understood why they didn't spend a lot of time with Hopkinsville, but I would have loved if they would have done some more with that just from uh, me loving that whole thing. Like, you know, well, and that's and from a historical standpoint, that's one of the yeah. you know biggest uh, uh, UFO cases. Yeah, I hope it's on Project Blue Book at some point. <laughs> oh, I do too. I really do too. <laughs> I gotta check that show out. I haven't checked it out yet. It's so good. I like it a lot so far. How many episodes it's so, so good far? That we Three? fell asleep last night, right, Johnny? <laughs> yes, that's true. That just because I'm, I'm old. I'm in my mid thirties now, <laughs> so it just happens. Oh, geez, uh, old. Uh, how many episodes are there? Three, four. Uh, there's yeah, there's three so far, yeah. Right. right, yeah, three. There's still enough time for me to catch up on the to the next uh, history creeps. We'll do a uh, our our Project Blue Book update. I like it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, so I think overall though, we all we all kind of give the show a thumbs up though, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. do. It's like definitely I, worth it. Like I said, the stuff I said that that bothered me or that I thought was an issue, it's not that big of a deal to be honest with you. It wasn't that bad. Um, you know, it, it's still enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. And and if you're already into watching paranormal shows or you're already, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're probably into that stuff. Uh, yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's a good time. But also you need to know going in that it is basically a prologue, like yeah. he said in his uh, Twitter. And at the end of the day, uh, well, this is a spoiler alert. So again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. They didn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> five hours and they find nothing really so there's no evidence per se that they find but the one thing the one thing i will say that i really did find fascinating and i had heard this before is that a lot of a lot of times when people are talking about some strange areas in general like there's just normal sounds that people will hear like a baby crying or um like a car you know car door or something like that like it just sounds like yep. people always report to these places i found that kind of fascinating yeah that was fascinating yeah i did too that was another one of those patterns that was like wow okay yeah yeah how can they all be here in the same yeah you know here in the same thing and you know what i'm glad you brought that up johnny because that was <laughs> one of the things that i found super interesting was that they didn't really find anything yeah yeah well th- that kind of to your point that that will that kind of makes it feel at least a little bit more realistic in a way yeah because they were because they really wanted to find something and it was very obvious that they did uh so i was like, saying that part they, I, I respected I was, I was, but I, but also it's funny to me that the prologue is just this long i was saying they did find the tin can <laughs> that's true yeah you're right they found yeah. a tin can uh when you were talking about the the car door and the baby crying thing the one thing that i when you said that it reminded me it was one of the eye rolling moments for me was when they went out of their way to explain that we didn't hear a car door, but you would have heard car doors back in the day because now we have the, the, the bloop, the, what is it? The key fob? You know yeah, what I mean? Boop, boop. Yes. So yeah. instead now we hear that. I was like, wait, what? We still have car doors now. Why wouldn't you didn't hear a say, car door? They, say they heard a car like honking, like it's horn. I didn't, Some, I never heard that. Even when I replayed it, I still didn't hear well, that. Yeah. They were saying like they heard like the beep that your car yeah. makes when you lock it. Yeah. With the key fob. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It cracked me up, dude. I was like, wait a second. We still have car doors, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but to me, that's what made it weird. Uh, to me, that was what made it weird was that you should have heard the car door slam first. If you were able to hear the honk. Right. But it's Which pretty I, funny. I dude. didn't hear the honk. And I went back and heard it twice. Like I rewound it and everything, and I didn't hear a honk. That might just be because I need to get my hearing checked. Though. <laughs> well, that's another one of those things that this. Uh, another great point that this series makes is just because they record something doesn't mean that you can play it back and hear it. 
Yeah, it's true too. You know, if they hear something there, it doesn't mean that uh, any kind of recording gear or something picked it up or that the camera picked it up or whatever. True. Right. Here's my right. other question to you guys. Uh, say there is another series that comes. Where do you guys want to see it go, Carter? Um, I don't know. I think it depends because I feel like there's so many threads left on unexplored for Hellier that I, I almost don't want them to investigate anything else except that and maybe go like what you said chris go into this thing about all these mines and caves and tunnels and stuff that are all interconnected and maybe investigate that because that sounds super interesting now at the same time you're gonna scare the hell out of me because i don't like caves what if dude what if the cave system there that's the idea right but also you know how terry wrist was was really pushing this whole idea and there's that little thread about underground government bases maybe yeah. maybe that's happening as well because they're there to study this paranormal phenomena of parallel universes coming out of these cave systems and the entire what if the entire town of hellier are are government officials except those people that kept showing up like that wasn't really the town of hellier they're just kind of like neighboring towns so that's why they're like oh yeah i saw this i saw that i saw this but every single person they talk to in hellier is like nope never seen well, it well there is some truth to your statement remember what happened with skinwalker ranch mhm they well, came that, in and bought it i mean and, and also there are like the government does admit that they do have some bases in mountains yeah yep and it's not, Mountain is a big one. And so. if you if you look so at if you look at back in the day, like there used to be, uh, you know, full neighborhoods, almost almost entire little towns of government employees that were working at bases, you know, that were just close to this this little town that they had to they had Dude, to, to live in. No, okay. So this one time, I was in New Mexico with my parents, and we had oh, we had gone to Roswell and we had left Roswell and we're literally driving through the desert. There's nothing. Okay. Yeah. There's mountains and cactus and nothing else. And yet on both sides of the highway, both sides is a chain link fence that does not end with US government property signs on it. Now, when the fence finally did end, okay, we hit desert. Nothing but desert. The fence uh uh went off to this like went left and right at a right angle and disappeared into the distance. About three miles later, we hit a freaking town. It was the most Rosemary's Baby, Stepford Wives looking town I think I've ever seen. In my, there were lawns in the middle of the desert, and these people are out there watering them. See, dude? And and there's literally like nothing around this town. They're all government. Yeah. And they all worked at whatever the hell that property was so in the that's middle what of the I desert. Want, that's what I want to see. I want to see that email be Terry Riss trying to keep pushing them in this back to hellier because – you know, because of the cave system, because of the paranormal, and the government is involved. There's underground bases. The entire town of Hellier is government employees. Uh, yeah, that to me would really make this entire thing like, all right, I can deal with you saying synchronicity five more times. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Johnny? Where would you Where would you want to see it go? Uh, where it would get you? Where it would make you say yes? I definitely would love more studies into the caves, for sure. My only question would be, I don't know how they can do that safely. Uh, safety yeah, would definitely true. be a concern. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah, safety would definitely be a concern when it comes to that type of deal. They'd have to get some. What do they call sp- spelunkers? 
Yeah, yeah. They, ha- yeah they have to get a guide or something, yeah. right? Yeah, not only that, just, uh, I mean, caves cave in. It just happens. Mines cave in, so you just got to be careful of that stuff. Yep. Uh, but I find that very fascinating. Uh, I'm sure there's other little areas in in the Appalachia that they can kind of go to and sort of explore that are very similar to Hellier. Uh, maybe have some stories to tell and such. So if they kind of do that and they kind of talk about the caves and sort of get behind who Terry Rist actually is, like, is it just some guy in Canada trying to trick them or what? Like, try to figure out that. Oh, yeah, we that didn't say that, did we? Too. We didn't say that. That they He looked into the IP address for the email that came to him, and it ended up being some guy out in Toronto or something. But then when they looked, they checked another one of his. It was from a different area? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, he was, was using some that. software that makes it hard Spoofing, for you to yeah. Yeah. To track that. Which, unless you're trying to hide something, why would you even do that or know how to do that? So that's kind of weird in itself. Well, and, and like with Terry Wrist, it would make sense, but why would David Christie do it? Right, which is the email they were trying to track in the first place. Exactly. Ter- having it on the Terry Wrist emails would make perfect sense. Yeah, except... I mean, if the guy is the who same he says guy, Unless they're the same guy. And, that's, and, and then that brings up the whole X-Files style thing. Like, this guy is in fear for his life because he knows the government will come at him. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I am like very that. curious what they're going to bring next. Honestly, it'll be interesting, dude. I'm, I'm, I, I, I subscribed to their YouTube so that I could uh, be updated whenever they have new episodes up. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it hooked me. It's one of those things that it was enjoyable. Um, you could definitely spend your time doing you know dumber things, but this was interesting. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's people yeah. you no, you can yeah. waste a yeah. lot of TV your time on a lot of wasted TV, but this to me this isn't a waste. It's very entertaining, especially if you're into the kind of stuff we're into. Um, and then yeah, like, and overall, it's shot very well. Oh yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's, it's 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 shot very well. So yeah. So uh, I think we're just saying go see it. It's yeah. free. Uh, give it a chance. Yep. And, and the more people that watch it, the more we're guaranteed to get another one. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, basically, that documentary is history creeps. It's it's it covered some of the old stories we covered. It opened up some new theories and fascinating ideas uh, into you know Bigfoot, uh, Mothman, things like that. Uh, check it out. Hellier. Anything else you guys want to say before we head out of here? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys, this week. We'll see you guys uh, in a couple weeks for History Creeps. Next week, Johnny and I will hit you with another That's Odd. Other than that, stay creepy.